Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie Lee Curtis revealed her youngest child is trans. Former Olympic gymnast Dominique Mochianu has spoken out in Simone Biles' defense. And as Biles sparks a global mental health debate, Imade, advocate and founder of Depressed Well Black, discusses how the sports world is failing Black athletes. It's July 29th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. All right, so to kick things off, Jamie Lee Curtis revealed that her and her husband, Christopher Guest's youngest child, Ruby, is transgender. She told AARP, the magazine, that they've, quote, watched in wonder and pride as their son became their daughter. And in the most wholesome news, Jamie is going to officiate Ruby's wedding next year. Oh my God, it's amazing. And Casey, can I just call out the thing that I low-key love the most about yes. this announcement? I Yes. The, uh, like, you know, a lot of like coming out announcements have happened on the cover of People or Time or whatever. <laughs> this announcement happened on the cover of AARP magazine, which I legitimately think, and I'm being funny, but I'm also being serious. I legitimately think that's really cool because that magazine is just targeted towards senior citizens. And Jamie Lee Curtis is a very identifiable actor um, for that generation. So to have like the trans movement be on the front page of of AARP from the mouth of someone who is so beloved by older people. I hope that it'll make a few people stop and think, huh, maybe maybe I'm being too close-minded about this. No, it's truly amazing that it's not just like the cover of time or people, you know? It's, right. Let's go other places. I love it. And I love what she said about wonder and pride. The whole announcement yes. was just amazing. Oh, yeah, was. Congratulations, Ruby. Well, we have more news in the wake of Simone Biles' decision to withdraw from the women's gymnastics team final and the all-around final to focus on her mental health. Former Olympic gymnast Dominique Mochianu has been speaking out and offering her support. Dominique, who won a gold medal at the 1996 Olympics, tweeted a video of herself at 14 years old falling and landing right on her head during her balance beam routine. 
of the video, Dominique said that she had a tibial stress fracture, was, quote, left alone with no cervical spine exam after this fall, and, quote, competed in the Olympic floor final minutes later. She went on to say, In our sport, we essentially dive into a pool with no water. When you lose your ability to find the ground, which appears to be part of Simone Biles' decision, the consequences can be catastrophic. She made the right decision for the team and herself. She truly did. And I'm I'm also glad that other gymnasts are speaking out because let's be real. Us who have never done gymnastics do not know how it works. I actually learned a lot. Um, when I watch on NBC, the commentator I have is Nastia Lukin. And it was really great listening to her. I'm not a gymnast, so I like do not know what the term is. But she was talking about just this spatial awareness you have. And it happens to a lot of gymnasts all the time when you're in the air and flipping upside down, your brain sometimes does not connect where you are in the air. And that's what this gymnast Dominique is talking about, about how dangerous it is. You really just fall on your head and you could hurt your neck. And I think that's another part that we're not talking about with Simone, where it's just like, it's not that she just wasn't mentally there. She wasn't mentally there, which could gravely injure her. Right. You know, it's like we talk about mental health and physical health as if they're separate things. But this is just one of the many ways in which we're reminded actually the two really go hand in hand, you know. So, you know, this whole conversation surrounding Simone Biles these past couple of days has had us thinking nonstop about the overall issue of mental health, specifically the struggles black athletes face on a daily basis. Here to talk more about this and what the world of sports needs to do to start protecting these athletes is mental health advocate and founder of Depressed While Black, Imade. Hi, Imade. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So the news this week regarding Simone Biles is just the latest in a series of incidents where women of color from the sports world are talking about mental health issues. What do you make of the reaction to her decision and the backlash that she's facing from some people right now? Simone made the right decision. Mm. I think that for Black folks, we do things so well that people forget how hard it is. And every night that Simone performed... She's threatening her life. Those twists, those turns, if she doesn't land on them correctly, uh, that mistake could be potentially fatal. So a bad mental health day at the job for Simone, it could could end her life. You know, for many of us, we may have a a bad mental health day, but, you know, we're at a desk. So I think we we need to to let the, the experts, you know, Simone is an expert of what's happening in her body and in her mind. And we need to let her define what her mental health needs are. And by the way, what you said about words at our desks, it seems like the only people criticizing her are people who have never been anywhere but a desk before. Any athlete who's done what she does, or no one's done what she does, but any gymnast who's even come close has said she's done the absolute right thing. You know, she tweeted last night about the outpouring of love and support she received. And then she talked about how it made her realize that she's more than her accomplishments in gymnastics. Do you think that speaks volumes about how someone of her stature views herself? Yes. Um, and I think it speaks to how historically um, this country has equated Black people with labor. We are often seen as just instruments of labor and productivity. You know, in that connection and to actually define ourselves for ourselves is so revolutionary and so powerful. And I think that's amazing that Simone is like 
having this journey in front of all of us. You know, Simona is also the only self-identified victim of Larry Nassar who is competing. Can you talk about the additional weight she's carrying in regards to overall mental health stressors women athletes face every day? Yeah, the challenge is that we live in a society that doesn't protect women. And so that feeling of isolation and being alone it's just, it's huge. It must have been huge on Simone's shoulders. And basically what I feel like she communicated before was like, I wanted to perform in this Olympics because I'm the only person left that's active that has been sexually abused by, by Nasser. And that feeling of, if I'm not here to call for accountability, there may be none. And that is so powerful because for so many folks, it's like you can't just be a person competing. You have to be almost a form of, of justice. You have to fight for justice for yourself when in a perfect world, Simone should be able to trust the governmental body of the Olympics to take care of it. But she's put all that on her shoulders because she's seen it hasn't really worked in the past. I feel like that has to be added pressure that you're not just an athlete, but you're a person that's calling for justice for an entire system. You know, sports organizations have finally started having conversations about how to protect Black athletes, but it's still really in early stages. And why do you think it's taken so long for these conversations to even start? I think there's a feeling of if I take a mental health day, maybe my last because I may lose my job. You know, that's that fear of do I have the power to rest? For a lot of Black folks, we don't have the power to rest as we should. If we call in that on that sick day, it may be the last sick day we have because we may get fired. And so I think what's happening to Simone, to Naomi, they're reclaiming their bodies and they're reclaiming their, their minds and they're realizing that I do have the power to rest. I do have the power to refuse and to say no. And I think they're coming into that power. All right, we'll be right back. We've got more with Imade about the state of mental health among Black women athletes and what we in the system can do to help them. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Thursday, February 10th. Kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. 
Welcome back. We're talking with mental health advocate Amade about the struggles black athletes face in the wake of a growing mental health crisis. You know, you mentioned Naomi, but I want to get into athletes like Naomi Osaka and Shikari Richardson, who've also come forward recently in different ways. How have their stories helped open this larger conversation? It's starting the conversation also about access. Why is it so difficult and so challenging for Black folks to access therapeutic care? Because this is the thing. They should have on-site therapists at the Olympics. They should have on-site mental health professionals right there for them so that when Simone says, I don't feel like I'm, I'm at my top of my game right now, I, I don't feel well, she should be able to go to a therapist that's on site and talk it out and discuss what's happening because this is a thing. I don't think that coaches should be the first line of defense when it comes to mental health challenges. The coach just from the quote that I saw said, you know, there's some mental mental issue that she's having for some folks, the word issue it can be triggering because it could come across as flippant. It could come across as, oh, that's just something that she has. It's not as serious as a medical issue. And so what I think should have happened when it came to Simone and when it comes to also Naomi, when she gets uncomfortable, when it comes to speaking with the press, there should be on-site mental health professionals that are there to help coach them, to help encourage them, to help process what they're feeling, because this is a serious issue and mental health issues are medical issues. They are physical issues. So, you know, I want to talk about the media. It's clearly played a large role in how this has all played out. What do you make of its culpability and what it can do to shed light on these issues? Yeah, I think that this notion of entitlement that Black women don't have the right to rest is rooted in the history of this country and slavery. And it has to be called out because that is so different from sometimes the responses that you get from white female athletes, if they break down, sometimes there's an outpouring of sympathy. There's an outpouring of, oh, you know, you are human. You can be fragile. You you can have problems and it's okay because we see you as human that we don't always see when it comes to black women. It's almost like they're not seen as human. And that's why you see Shikari and you see Simone saying, I'm human. I'm a gymnast. Yes, I'm the best, but I'm human. And that need to reassert your humanity is placed on black women in ways that white women, I have not seen as many white athletes say I'm human as much as I've seen black women athletes say I'm human. I want to talk about your nonprofit organization, Depressed While Black, which connects clients to black therapists. Can you talk about why organizations like this are so necessary and how there's currently such a glaring lack of resources for the people that need them? Absolutely. When the George Floyd protests happened, as well as the pandemic, I was just like, oh my goodness, this type of trauma is going to bring an influx of Black folks into the mental health system for the first time. And I knew that there was going to be struggles in navigating this during a global crisis. And so I created the Help Me Find a Therapist program because I didn't want Black folks to navigate this system alone because it is super difficult. It is super complicated. Everything is based upon your insurance. And then once you get past that hurdle of insurance, you may sit across with a therapist that has no idea how to treat Black people. And I did not want them to experience some of the harm that I experienced when it comes to misdiagnosis, when it comes to having a police sent to your house, which has happened to me. I wanted them to feel safe 
and feel like there's people that are going to shepherd them through the process. So we relaunched the program on February 1st to connect folks. So you just fill in a Google form and then we have volunteers that will help to search for uh, Black therapists on your behalf. We had so much um, demand for this service. We've helped o- over 200 people find Black therapists that we actually have. The program is on hiatus currently because we're in the process of creating an automated website that instantly gives you Black therapist options. So we are working behind the scenes to help our people even more. Mm. On the positive side of things, do you see the rise in public mental health advocacy among young Black athletes as a reflection of society at large? Like, are we moving in a better direction? We absolutely are. I feel like we are reclaiming our bodies. We are reclaiming our minds. I think that's what athletes are doing and they're understanding their power. They're understanding that if I refuse my services, this whole system will shut down. And they're starting to see if I can refuse my service, and dismantle the system, I can possibly build a new one. And I think that is what's happening now with Simone, with Naomi. We are reconsidering and finding solutions to what they're talking about when it comes to the press. Is it even necessary for athletes to have this much engagement? What other ways could we do so that Naomi feels safe? And even also for Simone, like I was talking about before, how could could we have on-site mental health professionals? Like what can we do to make this a safer place for black athletes? They're helping us reimagine what the sporting world can be. And I think that is the power. Wow. Well, this has been super enlightening. Thank you so much, Amade. Before you go, can you just tell us where people can reach out to find your program, uh, Depressed While Black? Yes. Help me find a therapist program at gmail.com. Amazing. Amade, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. All right. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, mental health and physical health are not separate and never will be. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You can watch the NFL playoffs like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Sticks podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us are bringing the knowledge from a career as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. We'll break down film from the professional and college game to get you ready for the Super Bowl, the draft, and kickoff next fall. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.